we're going to push and push and push. You will always back up. Weird way of doing sex. Let's go! 
All right, everybody, welcome to the Plex. This is the uh, flagship podcast of the OBS update. Uh, forgetting all of uh, my camera settings. I hope I look okay. Uh, we do the show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. You can support this project by going to echoplexmedia.com and uh, clicking the support tab. Uh, I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder, and uh, this is what the people want. I don't hate the cops. Oh, there's a person inside when the truncheon stops Oh, donate the cops Oh, when the raiders come Who will protect the shops? Donate the cops They're a sensitive bunch If you don't stop throwing your rocks Snap, crackle, pop Is the sound of a taser Your body drops Donate the cops oh, Donate the cops Donate the cops oh, Donate the cops Like your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops 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 Put your hands above your head And show you're not a up uh, sort of where we left off last night uh one mr patrick jones the uh chair of the shasta county board of supervisors was on the one american news network i'm sure it was fantastic let's check it out well, California is preventing local governments from counting election ballots by hand. Listen to this. Last month, Governor Gavin Newsom signed AB 969 into law, which requires machine ballot counting for every election in the state. Now, the only exceptions are for regular elections with fewer than 1,000 eligible voters and special elections with fewer than 5,000 eligible voters. However, Patrick Jones, chairman for the Shasta County Board of Supervisors, is fighting back and vowed 
vowed to defy AB 969, and he joins me live now. Uh, Patrick, good to see you. Thanks so much for being here. You're nice leading efforts to cancel voting machines. Why is that? Well, um, you know, I've lived here in Shasta County for 50 years. Uh, I've been in politics for 20. I served on the Reading City Council and was former mayor of the city of Reading. And then in 2019, I ran for Shasta County Board of Supervisors and ultimately won a seat in 2020. Um, but in that fall, I did notice some irregularities within my race. And once we analyzed my race, uh, there was fraud that had um, happened here in Shasta County. And we then saw it again in June of 2020. Well, the fraud that was happening was you as the, um, your behavior as the uh, chair of the Board of Supervisors, sir. Two, with six races here in Shasta County, we saw outside. He looks like he has uh, a neck in, this, in our elections. Weird. And that started me uh, on a quest to try to restore trust with the voters here in Shasta County. And when I became chair uh, of Shasta County Board of Supervisors in January, I immediately put up on the agenda to end our particular contract with electronic voting machines and move to hand count. And the moment the majority of the board of Shasta County Supervisors took that action, uh, the state quickly started to mobilize uh, literally in January and February of this year, and ultimately later this year passed AB 969, uh, essentially eliminating our ability for local control and counting our ballots by hand. We're a small county, and we can easily do that. And There's hundreds fact, of thousands of people California in this case county. We are required to have a recount process in place. Uh, clearly, this is another overreach of uh, the governor and the legislature here in Sacramento. Um, we're reaching out to firms right now. Uh, we believe uh, this is uh, an overreach of the state of California, and uh, I think the majority of the board is prepared to move to litigation soon. And Patrick, uh, you said that you're committed to implementing a hand count regardless of what the law says. How did uh, things play out in yesterday's special elections? Well, the Shasta County Board of Supervisors, we made a decision, and that decision was to hand count. Uh, and that's what we had planned and prepared to do. Obviously, with the passing of AB 969, the attorney general's weighed in. Uh, this California Secretary of State has weighed in and said you have no legal ability to hand count at all. Uh, this is a small county, and it shouldn't matter how we count our ballots. What should matter is the accuracy of counting ballots. So clearly, we are over the target. Um, I think it's incumbent upon us. Oh, we're getting flack. We're over the target. I would not want to do nothing. I think this is the opportunity and the time with the correct firm in front of us to be able to not only change the state of California, but to change the country and possibly the world for that matter. <laughs> by getting Get the back fuck out of here. Fucking delusions of grandeur on full display here. We're going to change the world. Elections. We just need the right Elections lawyer. Elections have been manipulated at the county level for decades, and it must stop. And this may be the case to do it. So, you know, Shasta County is working, um, you know, to get a legal team, as you just mentioned. Um, I, I'm assuming you want to sue the governor, Governor Newsom, and the state. Uh, where are you at with this? So we've been putting feelers out, uh, as we are right now. Uh, I have attorneys and firms that have reached out to me. Um, we're going to continue that process. We want the best firm to represent Shasta County up against the state of California uh, that obviously has expertise in election laws and California election laws. Uh, going up against the state of California is not an easy task. Uh, we believe we are correct. We believe this is a massive overreach from the state of California. 
Um, and in essence, they are challenging us to our own local control. And we do not want to let this go by without a good fight. You know, California has so many issues. You're familiar with this homelessness, rising crime, you know, a host of other problems. You know, a lot of people moving out, closing their businesses. Why is Newsom focusing on voting machines, especially local elections? Yeah, that's the focus, actually. That's the focus. They didn't, there weren't like hundreds of other pieces of legislation that went through uh, California's state houses. They just focused on this, actually. Well, you know, and originally I thought uh, we're a small county. 180,000 residents, and, and it shouldn't matter. You know, uh, what we do here really should not be on the radar for the governor or for uh, the California legislature. Y'all, you were national news a lot. But clearly, we are. Uh, right at the moment, with the passage of AB 969, they have stopped us from counting ballots by hand. And uh, that tells me that we are but they're showing they're like here's a here's some uh, b-roll of not shasta i think that's la in fact over the target this is going to be an important case again for the entire country because i think what will happen when you start counting ballots by hand and get a true accurate uh, vote um, you're going to see things that are different than what we're seeing today um, outside manipulation on these proprietary software systems. We only have three to choose from. Uh, they're not open source. We can't see them. Uh, it is ripe for corruption. You could actually, your county has every right to hire uh, a firm to audit the software on any of these machines, dude. Uh, we have analyzed our races here and have found outside influence. Like, in and if it was county. open source, was Patrick Jones going to go over the code? Get the fuck out of here. And it just can't be any longer. Um, what is the point for a lot of us running campaigns and working hard uh, if this cheating is going to continue at every county level? I believe as long as you're using one of these three proprietary software machines, uh, you're putting yourself in a very bad position. And in fact, I think people are being selected for office, not being voted in. Well, Patrick Jones, really appreciate you, Chairman for the Shasta County's Board of Supervisors. I know you'll keep us posted. Please do. I will. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thank of you course. very much. Thank you so much. For all our viewers asking where one of Yo, there's no evidence that these machines are doing anything of the sort. Um, they, <clears throat> they're actually more accurate in almost every fucking, every time they've checked, every time any uh, independent or government group has checked, these the machines that we use are more accurate than hand counts. Because machines don't get tired. You see, like <clears throat> when people think about counting or counting votes, they they like don't really think about what that entails. Uh, like in a general election, you have to go through a ballot that might have like where I'm at, where I'm at. I don't even know 30, 40 things on each ballot, and then the, this human being has to do this over and over and over again and, and be accurate every time on every one of them. Not get confused which one they're looking at not 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 think oh maybe i fucked up and have to start over like <clears throat> this is like what machines and computers are good at is repetitive simple tasks they're very very good at this stuff and it would be very difficult actually to produce a machine that <clears throat> like alters the votes or alters the count in a way that would favor you without it being just glaringly obvious what's going on so uh patrick jones Gonna just waste more of that fucking county's money going after his own political fucking the axe that he has to grind. And they're gonna lose.
they're going to lose and, and they're going to look stupid again because that's all they ever do is lose and look stupid. Oh man, they need, they really need to get rid of a couple of those people up there on that board of supervisors. And it's crazy because the people that they're mad at, there are also Republicans. So it's a, it's a, it's interesting. It's a real interesting thing. Uh, check out Catterdays. Uh, come, although going forward, I think we did watch the season finale of this uh, year's um, board of supervisors, but their lawyer quit and they had a special meeting a couple of days later. So maybe we'll watch some of that this coming uh, Catterday. Anyway, let's move on. The former guy's attorney um, had some words after the former guy, uh, uh, testified in uh, the New York hearing, the New York trial. All right, the president's team has stepped up to the microphone. They just walked outside of the courthouse. Let's dip in here and listen. More honest, coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly? Am I being paid as an attorney? And why exactly are taxpayer... Oh, you presume he's going to pay you? ...used in this courtroom? The answer is very clear. Because Miss James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar. Call the company fraudulent and make a name for herself. She said this morning that the numbers don't lie and they won't lie in this case. Well, Miss James, I have a message for you. The numbers didn't lie when you ran for governor and that's why you dropped out. And the numbers don't lie when President Trump runs for office in 2024. And those numbers are loud and clear. This country is falling apart. And if we don't stop corruption in courtrooms where attorneys are gagged, where attorneys are not allowed to say what they need to say to protect their clients' interests. It doesn't matter what your politics are. Everyone has a right in this country to get so up. Getting a summary judgment is actually not very common. They must have done some, like, there must have been some shit, like, in the pretrial hearings and whatnot, where the fucking Trump organization or their legal team, like, was um, a defiant in ways where the judge was like, well, you know what, fuck it. I guess we got to do a summary judgment. Same thing happened to Alex Jones in uh, one of one of his cases. There wasn't even a trial because they fucked up so bad in the pretrial stuff. That the judge was just like, sorry, you lose. And put a defense. Is that what happened here? It must be. I don't care who you are. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can put objections on the record. You have a right to hire a lawyer who can stand up and say something when they see something wrong. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at, and I've had a judge who is- Oh, why? I want video of that. Slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. And you know what? You shouldn't either. Because not every American citizen gets a camera and a microphone. And what I'm seeing is such a demise of American judicial system and democracy. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump and she always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the well, no, that's the fucking in the courtroom. You refer to people by Mr. Ms. or whatever and their last name. That's um, just the way it is. Everyone in there refers to everyone in there in that way. 
fifth president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And oh she- well, if you but then that's a crime too. If the company's worth more than you say it is, it's uh, it leads one to believe that you're uh, maybe doing some tax stuff. She doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says he's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him before you came into office, before you saw one record, one statement of financial condition. You taunted him. You said his administration was too male and too pale. Those are her words. She said that she and Michael Cohen were going to be his biggest nightmare. Where well, I have some news for you, Miss James. Michael Cohen folded, lied, and crumbled. Your star witness, along with all the DAs and corrupt AGs, need to be paying attention to what happens when you let us take the stand, when you let my client speak the truth, and the judge can tell me to sit down. And he can try and shorten my client's testimony. The judge can tell you to sit down. Yes. They like bang the gavel and they're like, you're out of order. Sit down, counsel. It is loud and clear. They've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we just. But this is this is wild. This is wild. The judge needs to find this woman in contempt of court, actually. Um. If this was anybody else's lawyer in any other fraud case, this this person would be in a jail cell thinking about this, at least overnight. Judges have sweeping power, like over the proceedings of the court case. Discovered recently, and I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country and we need to stop what is happening in this courtroom. President Trump is worth a lot more and she wasn't ready for it. She doesn't understand it. And before she rushed to judgment, she should have thought about attacking somebody with over 50 years of real estate expertise who changed single-handedly the skyline of New York City. She picked the wrong person and her politics will fail for it. Are you concerned by the judge's state? So yeah, uh, this is uh, this is going to be maybe her last uh, her last case that she tries. I this you you you're supposed to defend your client, but this is like actually sort of the opposite of that, right? Like this isn't defending the client. This is actually bad for the client that she's going out there and doing this. Like what? I wish we could have seen what happened in there because like. I'm thinking it didn't go down the way that she described it to us. I'm thinking that like she, uh, uh, Donald Trump was told to shut the fuck up because he was like not answering questions and just going off on some tangent. And like, no matter who you are, the judge tells you to stop that. If you're the lawyer, if you're the attorney, if you're on the stand, your job is the whole truth to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So that means like, Don't ramble. Don't tell us how you're the greatest. Just answer the fucking question. Well, don't worry. Here's uh, Eric Trump. He's got some, uh, he's got some thoughts on what's going on here. I'm sure he's going to, he's going to have some astute commentary. 
the, the city's dirty. The homelessness is crazy. And yet you have the attorney general of one of the largest states in the nation, second or third right now, that sits in a courthouse every single day that will parade Don, myself, Ivanka in. When universally everybody's testified to the fact that we had nothing to do with statements of financial condition. Now, I think the statement of financial condition is actually low. I think there's a tremendous amount of things, value that's frankly left off those statements, and I'll certainly testify about that. But why does she bring Don into it? Why does she bring Ivanka into it or me when Michael Cohen and everybody else said we had nothing to do with the statement of financial condition? Because she gets to sit in that damn courtroom in front of the cameras, right? So, like, one of the things, and I don't, I don't know the exact stuff here, but you ever... You ever watch stuff about the mob? Well, they put a bunch of accountants and shit in between themselves and the, the money, but it, that's that's because it's the accountant's job to like sort of cover up what's going on. That doesn't mean that you're not fucking in on it just because the accountant's the one doing it. Like, <laughs> like that's the point of hiring a shady accountant. And I think that's what they did. I think they hired shady accountants who like either they told them to, or it was like understood that the shady accountant was supposed to do shady accountant stuff. Like they're going out there acting as if there wasn't a summary judgment against them already. Cause that's what seems to have happened. seems that they, the summary judgment already happened. And so this is just the, um, the phase where they determine uh, how much, if any, like financial penalty they're going to um, endure? I would, I guess, endure is the way to say it. And so they're probably going up there, fucking saying, "We're innocent. We didn't do this. It was all our, uh, all our accountant." And the judge is probably being like, "Shut up." <laughs> probably a lot like the Alex Jones trial. Honestly, I think it's probably playing out a lot like the Alex Jones trial did. Now we got uh, somebody uh, on Newsmax of all places who uh, thinks maybe uh, Eric Trump should shut the fuck up, which is stunning, absolutely stunning. I too think Eric Trump should shut the fuck up. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And guys, we're gonna win this thing. I promise you, we're gonna win it because we haven't done a damn thing wrong. So, what do you make of Eric's comments there uh, and his testimony? Do it in the courtroom. If you're so sure that you're going to win, if you haven't done a damn thing wrong, then do it in the courtroom. This abject lack of respect that people have for our system of justice, for our judges, for our prosecutors, for our quasi-prosecutors, shut your mouth, keep it out of the media, show a little bit of respect, particularly if your last name you want to be attached to being the most powerful person in the world, do it in the courtroom and stop taking a dump over the system that you want to preside over. Hey, Randy, I, I got to push back on one thing, though. You have prosecutors that actually um, campaigned on getting Trump. They're the ones that started this whole thing and destroyed the system, in my opinion. And vote them out of office. Okay, they, fair, they have fair, no place, fair, they have fair no place in office. But, but they're out in the media doing their thing, so if you don't push back, you'll just get eaten alive. Sorry, that's in my opinion on it. No, because two wrongs don't make a right. You have to be the bigger person. So shut your mouth and then let the system take over and a prosecutor who's doing something for political gain or for personal gain, get rid of them. Okay, David... So this guy's like a defense attorney and his, his advice is pretty good. It's like, dude, if you're like, shut the fuck up, like do your, do the stuff in the courtroom where, where, where it belongs. Cause all they're going to do, like, they, they, what do you think? The judge doesn't watch fucking TV. I mean, come on. 
So up up next, uh, we have uh, the Bidens. They must be held in contempt of Congress. For what? Well, we'll find out, uh, apparently, in just a moment here. Will you vote to hold them in contempt? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why would they not be? What do they have to hide? I don't think so. You know, here's the deal, John. It's very, very clear. Why the hell would Hunter and, and Jim create 20 shell companies to not to to uh, to be legal. We've seen time and time again, and, and uh, Representative Comer has proven this. There was money influencing peddling that Biden had during his last couple of years as vice president, and then well, after, right afterwards, they wanted to gain the money back. Let, you know, let me just, uh, you know, yeah. Could I just ask you? You say yes, absolutely. Why have you changed your position on holding people in contempt of Congress? You voted against holding Steve Bannon in contempt. Well, I think it's a little bit different when you have the president of the United States. We have somebody who's not an elected official. You have the president of the United States was selling his influence. His son I, I, was no, selling but I don't understand. Influence. We're talking about a little people bit higher, talking. different standards, John, when you have somebody who's in elected office versus somebody who's not in elected Steve office. Steve Bannon He's wasn't in elected of the office. States. He was the vice Steve, president well, I'm, of the United I'm, I'm, States. Who, who, are you saying, who are you saying was in an elected office here when you're talking about holding people in contempt of Congress for being non-responsive? Well, what, tell me what office Steve Bannon was in. Well, tell me what office Hunter Biden so, was in. No, I'm not talking about Hunter Biden. I'm talking about Joe Biden, the president of the United States. You haven't subpoenaed money. him. Well, you haven't subpoenaed him. I, I'm, asking, I'm asking if Hunter Biden or Jim Biden, the brother and son of the president, who are not elected officials, if they are well, not responsive, John, uh, will you hold a good temp? Th think about this, John. If, if you've seen the, the, the facts, the facts that have occurred, we see that there's been influence peddling. I mean, the president of the United States, vice president at the time, said point blank, if you don't fire a prosecutor, I'm going to withhold money. So that's a crooked but, deal in as itself. But you're, you're, you're so talking about what happened If we don't get these individuals... Congressman, I'm just trying to understand the difference. I'm just trying to understand the difference. When you're talking about congressional subpoenas, you voted against holding Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress when he didn't appear before the January 6th committee, which was a committee you know, yeah, but was, elected for by Bannon Congress. Was Steve Bannon related to the President of the United States? No, he, he was, wasn't. He, no, he, he was, he was a former employee of, of President Donald Trump. And the other people who you did not vote to hold in contempt literally worked for the former President Donald Trump. So the news, does, they're doing, this guy, I guess, did an okay job with this guy, but the guy's not answering the fucking questions. So what you need to do is just kick him off your show. Be like, I'm here to ask you questions. If you want to talk about something else, book another appearance. I got to go by you. Like, I wish they would, I wish they'd do more of that. Um, I don't care who goes on there. It's like, it's like, I, don't know. I guess they want access to the, like, that's the most important thing that they do. They get is access to elected officials, but these aren't exactly the best fucking elected, elected officials. And like, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm not. The people trust cable news less and less and less. And I think it's partly because, because of this stuff, but also it's just because everything's become so fucking partisan. And so you're not going to trust, you know, to at least one of the cable news outlets, if not two. So this clip is, um, what I'm, what I'm interested here in here isn't so much this lady's statement, although her statement is good. I'm interested in what the person shouts out. Um, this is from Florida. This is the Florida State uh, House of Representatives. And if you listen carefully after what this person says, uh, listen to what someone shouts out from the from the from the floor. 
We are at 10,000 dead Palestinians. How many will be enough? I also... Yeah, somebody, it's hard to hear, but somebody in the, in the background uh, yelled all of them. And that's a, like... One of my colleagues just said all of them. Wow. Yeah, like, and that's like all I wanted to get to on this. There's, there's more of this, but like the, uh, just the, the thing, like, I'm not an expert on this fucking, on this conflict. I'm not an expert on the Middle East, but I fucking, just the absolute fucking bloodlust I'm seeing on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, just the absolute bloodlust. Just, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, I know why. I mean, it's obvious why. And fucking people in Palestine have the wrong imaginary friend. And this, this are a lot of fucking white Christian nationalists in this country who think that, that means that they're less than human. But <laughs> it's one thing to think it. It's another thing to just be like out and proud talking about it. I'm not saying that like it's okay to think it as long as you don't say it. I'm saying that like you people used to fucking shut the fuck up or like find like people used to have like dog whistles and shit they would use. Now people just be using a fucking foghorn and shit. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. And it, it fucking everybody needs to fucking turn it down a little bit. Because there's a there's fucking human beings dying. There's human beings dead under rubble right now who don't even know they're dead. But you know what? Just keep keep on bombing, baby. Bomb, baby, bomb, I guess. I don't know. Here's from Fox News. Uh, pretty much endorsing the bombing of uh, civilians. I understand what the administration is trying to do. They have a lot of pressure within their party that says, hey, you know, put 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 the handcuffs on Israel. Don't let them bomb people. Well, th th this is a part of war. This is a part of you know how many people, how many children died in Iraq and Afghanistan as casualties. But you know what? There were also children that didn't have a have a problem putting on a suicide vest out there and murdering our guys as well. We oh, my God. Serious about the ideology that we're facing. If we're not, more Jews will die here in America. More Americans will die as a result, and we can what? have the next 9-11. No, 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 no. This is not an ideology that you can negotiate with. This is not an ideology that, that you can pray with and think that they're going to change their mind. It is deeply rooted in who they are, and we should confront them the same way. Well, Hamas uh, uh, has no um, capability to attack the United States. Um, and... Um, just most people in uh, Gaza are under 18 or about half of them are under 18. The last election was in 2006. Polling shows uh, support for Hamas at some uh, polls vary between 25 and about 30%. So seems like something else is going on here. A little something else going on here. I'm a little careful with my words. A little something else going on here. And, you know, just real quick, some of the stuff I see on Twitter from a lot of people with um, a Ukraine flag next to their name, you know, they're probably liberals, you know, people who would, I would generally agree with on most stuff. Um, they would be terrified if uh, people from the Likud party in Israel were their governor. The Likud party is a far right religious nationalist party. And these, they would, it would scare the shit out of these people if that was the governor of Massachusetts or wherever the fuck, or fucking Connecticut, or wherever the fuck these people are from, it would scare the piss out of them. 
but it's different. Sorry, sorry, uh, Gazans. You got the wrong imaginary friend. Whoopsie. Up next, we got a uh, CNN. They're going to talk about the uh, bombing of an ambulance convoy. This one's probably not. Uh, probably not going to be. Uh, not going to be a lot of fun. Um, none of this is very fun. We don't have too much on this, but I'm just the 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 media the way the media is responding to this has been very interesting to me so here we go uh, uh, these ambulances were part of a convoy that was heading south towards the rifle crossing the red cross had been informed that the convoy was leaving the hospital towards the rifle crossing and perhaps most damningly we've just been hearing uh, jessica from the red cross who confirmed that they had been given uh, information about this particular convoy that was due to leave uh, the Shifa hospital on its way uh, to the Rafa crossing. What we know about the attack is that there are uh, several uh, casualties, uh, many wounded uh, as well, uh, and that uh, this does appear now to have been a convoy of wounded Palestinians being taken to the Rafa crossing that was, uh, that was hit as part of that IDF strike, now claimed uh, by the IDF again. Uh, with the idea uh, that this was part of their operation uh, to take on uh, Hamas. The evidence that we're getting uh, from uh, those sources, not just inside the Al-Shifa hospital, but again, from the Red Cross, does seem to contradict that. Oh. <sighs> like, what's it going to take? I don't want the, I don't think the U.S. is ever going to be like, well, fuck off, fuck off, BB, and fuck off, Israel. But what's it going to take? What, what, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for the stance of the United States and, and some European nations to be like, whoa, whoa, hey, friendo, chill the fuck out. Our support is conditional. What is it going to take? There is no say you your love for your fucking mother is not unconditional. Your love for your partner, even for your kids, depending on what your kids do, is not unconditional. Why is this unconditional? Doesn't make any fucking sense. Up next, we got Anderson Cooper. Usually, don't run a lot of Silver Fox on this show. Um, not that he, not that he don't look great. It's just that it's kind of you know usually shit lady content, but it's actually pretty good here. He has a um, nurse on who was uh, working in uh, Gaza, and um, uh, she seems uh, wonderful, uh, actually. Would you go back to Gaza? In a heartbeat. In an absolute heartbeat. Uh, my heart is in Gaza. It will stay in Gaza. The Palestinian people that I worked with, both our national staff in the office, as well as my staff at Indonesia Hospital, were some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. Um, when everything went off um, and we got the notice to move south of Wadi Gaza, I was texting my, my nurses at Indonesia Hospital and I said, we, we lost a nurse weekend one. Um, he was killed when the ambulance outside the hospital was blown up. And I was texting them when we got the evacuation orders and I said, did any of you move south? Did any of you get out? Like, are any of you coming down this way? And the only answer I got was, this is our community. This is our family. These are our friends. If they're gonna kill us, we're gonna die saving as many people as we can. And I said, if I can ever have an ounce of the heart that you have, I will, I will die a happy person. They were incredible. 
that my doctors and nurses didn't leave out of loyalty to their community. And I know that there is an idea being pushed right now that anyone that stayed behind is going to be considered some kind of a threat. And I want to remind people that the people that stayed behind are heroes. The people that stayed behind are, are they know they're going to die and they're choosing to stay behind anyway. You're talking about doctors, nurses in the hospital. I wake up every morning and I send out a text message and I ask, are you alive? And every night before I go to sleep, I send another message and says, are you alive? Oh, my God. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. If, if that lady would have died over there, they would have fucking blamed it on the Palestinians, by the way. They just would have. There's no, there's no winning. There's nothing. There's nothing that the fucking people of Palestine can do. There's nothing. Even Hamas or the what's left of the PLO uh, can do. There's nothing anybody can do because nobody's ever going to take their fucking side, no matter what happens. It's fucking disgusting, and that's what like bothers me the most is that there's just it, nothing. It, it doesn't matter what happens. Like what happens doesn't matter, and figuring out what's going on day to day is becoming increasingly difficult because of people. People who have used uh, everything. I've seen images from the California wildfires that people have been claiming are from inside of Gaza or inside of uh, Israel. And I'm like, that's from the California wildfire, you dumb fuck. Then people get mad at me. But like the, the digital fog of war here is, a, is the word. I, I don't know what's going on day to day. You cannot trust what you're seeing videos. I don't care if you're shown a video of a protest, a video of, of the aftermath of a bombing. And you got to wait. You got to wait until like that is confirmed by like two or three legacy sources with a good reputation for giving you reliable information. But th by that time, the fucking the fucking cyclone of the cyclonic panic attack of the fucking information sphere is that's already you've already forgotten the fucking image you saw. So now you just are whatever your snap judgment about the image was, is I guess what you think about it, whether it's fucking right or it's wrong. It's so fucked up. And like where people go to get up to the minute information is Twitter. Uh, not the best fucking place to do that now. Because the dude running it, or the dude that owns it, is fucking absolutely fucking interested in the digital fog of war. That, you know why? It's because he can pull the levers. He can push the narrative. He can decide what the narrative is. He can decide what the prevailing, what the conventional wisdom is. Because it's so hard to figure out what the fuck's going on anyway. And I mean, I'm good at this. This is what I do. I now do this for a living. Thanks, thanks to everybody, by the way. I'll have all your love and support and money, mostly. Um, and I can't figure... I can't fucking fact check any of this stuff in real time. I don't have the fucking secret sauce. I imagine legacy news organizations are having a bit of a fucking tough time, too. The fucking... Uh, the AP and the and Reuters, who are usually the most reliable, are basically not reporting anything that because they can't verify anything because it's just such a fucking mess, such a fucking mess, and and there's just fucking people's lives and fucking people's houses getting destroyed. But you don't know, you don't know if the fucking thing you just saw is from two years ago, yesterday, today. You just don't fucking know. And it's not like you're going to go to Facebook to get your news about this because Facebook's just trying to sell you dick pills and weird underwear. So they're not interested in showing you any of this because it doesn't help them sell you dick pills, weird underwear. And then Instagram. Oh, God. Instagram's a mess. And then, you know, the blue, the, 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 um, 
Alternatives to Twitter, particularly Blue Sky Threads and Mastodon, are uh, not there yet. They're not. They don't have the. They just don't have the 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 numbers. And f- to a large extent, especially Blue Sky, it's just a big old fucking love fest, right? Just uh, basically all of us are on Blue Sky, and so now you're getting th- that kind of a skewed perspective when it's just all of us, like the people who wanted to leave Twitter because we like we kind of liked it before apartheid Clyde took over, and so you just you just can't even know. This isn't new. There's always been propaganda during conflict, but the fucking digital fog of war here is intense. And it's largely because of fucking apartheid Clyde and what he's done over there at Twitter. So all you got to do is buy a blue check mark and now the algorithm boosts you no matter what the fuck you're doing. Post a picture of a fire in Reading from three years ago. Now you're a fucking reporter from Gaza. Fuck off. Anyway, now we have, um, we've been trying to censure Rashida Tlaib um, because she has been essentially calling for a ceasefire and uh, saying what is true about uh, the Likud party and the coalition that uh, runs the nation state of Israel. It's okay. I'm the only Palestinian American serving in Congress, Mr. Chair, and my perspective is needed here now more than ever. I will not be silenced and I will not let you distort my words. Folks forget I'm from the city of Detroit, the most beautiful blackest city in the country where I learned to speak truth to power even if my voice shakes. Trying to bully or censor me won't work because this movement for a ceasefire is much bigger than one person. It's growing every single day. There are millions of people across our country who oppose Netanyahu's extremism and are done watching our government support collective punishment and the use of white phosphorus bombs that melt flesh to the bone. I like her specificity here because we, 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 I'm very careful to talk about the Likud party and the coalition running that government. They are done watching our government, Mr. Chair, supporting cutting off food, water, electricity, and medical care to millions of people with nowhere to go. Like me, Mr. Chair, they don't believe the answer to war crimes is more war crimes. The refusal of Congress and the administration to acknowledge Palestinian lives is chipping away at my soul. Over 10,000 Palestinians have been killed. Majority, majority were children. But let me be clear. My criticism has always been of the Israeli government and Netanyahu's actions. It is important to separate people and governments, Mr. Chair. No government is beyond criticism. The idea that criticizing the government of Israel is anti-Semitic sets a very dangerous precedent, and it's being used to silence diverse voices. And uh, that, that just uh, con- the conflation of the um, coalition running Israel with uh, uh, international Jewry is actually um, anti-Semitic, if you ask me. Speaking up for human rights across our nation. Do you realize what it's like, Mr. Chair, for the people outside the chamber right now, listening in agony to their own government dehumanizing them? To hear the President of the United States, we helped elect dispute death tolls as we see video after video of dead children and parents under rubble. Mr. Chair, do you know what it's like to fear rising hate crimes, to know how Islamophobia and anti-Semitism makes us all less safe and worry that your own child might suffer the horrors that six-year-old Wadia did in Illinois? I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. Right. 
We are human beings, just like anyone else. My city, my grandmother, like all Palestinians, just wants to live her life with freedom and human dignity we all deserve. Speaking up to save lives, Mr. Chair, no matter faith, no matter ethnicity, should not be controversial in this chamber. The cries of the Palestinian and, Palestinian and Israeli children sound no different to me. Why, what I don't understand is why the cries of Palestinians sound different to you all. I mean, I know. We know. Wrong imaginary friend. I hate to put it in those terms, but that's what it is. Wrong imaginary friend. That's it. Um, <clears throat> strangely enough, before 9-11, um, Middle Eastern people were often almost seen as white. And after 9-11, well, now they're just disposable. Uh, interesting to see that um, there's women of color behind her. That's it. I think there's one dude. Actually, I don't want to erase him. There's one dude. But it's, you know, when we... <clears throat> When there's big problems, big social problems, problems with discrimination, problems with race, problems with hatred, it's it's always black women or uh, other women of color who are like leading the charge and speaking up. It's been the history of this country. Um, uh, black women, uh, even before they were oftentimes elected officials, they hold the Democratic Party together. And um, you get thrown under the bus. Here's what Fox News has to say about uh, all this. I'm sure it'll be great. There's a Fox News panel on it. Should be fantastic. Chris, um, you know, it is it is pretty unbelievable that people would tear down signs that you can't get just all 435 members of the House of Representatives on board with condemnation. Yeah, I, I just would say to Representative Moskowitz and, and the other 21 people uh, who voted to censure Rashida Tlaib, it is sad that you stand alone, and many of those who voted are Jewish. Um, where are the black members of Congress? They marched with African Americans in the streets. You're nodding. Yeah. I yeah, mean, but the, 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 those were liberal, progressive Jewish folks that were marching with the civil rights movement. They weren't right-wingers, lady. They funded some of those marches. Where are these voices? Wait now, but wait now, if Jewish people fund anything, you... And by the way, if she really, Rashida Tlaib, really, really is brokenhearted about Palestinians, what in the world is she saying to the leaders of Pakistan? Hmm. They have just expelled 1.7 million Palestinians with nowhere to go but the neighbors who are desperate to take as many as they can. But now they're saying maybe not. I mean, those numbers aren't too different from the ones who are trying to go from north to south in Gaza after... The terrorists living among them, calling themselves a government, um, slaughter people and slaughter their own people. I don't buy it. I, the scarf. Like, but who thought Pakistan was going to save the day? That's fucking stupid. Nobody, nobody was ever like, boy, I sure hope Pakistan saves the fucking day here. Get out of here. Doesn't tell me how she feels, really. Her actions do. Call Pakistan. Get a home for your people. Hi, I'd like to speak to Pakistan. What the fuck? Call Jordan. Call Saudi Arabia. Call Iran, all the people with the money and the power, the command and control over the Hamas terrorists and Hezbollah. I mean, if she really wants to make a difference, 
Censoring her isn't going to force her to do it. That's a, a great point. But Emily, to the point of Congressman Moskowitz, it's not easy to condemn one of your colleagues. There's a lot of pressure put on you by your. So good thing, like most people didn't vote to censure her. Uh, also, uh, historically, Jordan has taken in a lot of refugees, not just from um, uh, Pakistan or not just from Palestine. But uh, during a lot of conflicts in the Middle East, Jordan has uh, uh, punched above their weight as far as taking in refugees. And then oftentimes after taking in the refugees, uh, people would be like, oh, look at how horrible your fucking conditions are for the refugee camps here. So, like, you know, <clears throat> you can understand maybe why Pakistan wouldn't want to take in the refugees because they take in the refugees. Then all of a sudden everybody's going to bitch at them about the conditions of the camps. But like, what else are you going to like? This is this isn't a great situation here. Um you know, we aren't we aren't like sitting here thinking, oh boy, Pakistan's going to save the day. Like, you know, if anybody's going to fucking save the day and do humanitarian aid and let people in, it's probably going to be the nation of Jordan. That's just been historically what they've done. Um, but there, this is like the discussion, the things she said here. Um, it, there, it is a foregone conclusion now, I guess, that the people are going to be erased from Gaza, which seems a little, little genocide to me right like the the built into what she's saying is the is that actually they have to leave it's built into what she's saying and uh, do not miss that as someone in chat was saying here earlier genocide is not just uh, the killing of people but it is the erasing and displacement of people and i you know, I'm pretty careful about how I talk about this because I'm not an expert, but it's it's getting harder and harder to not just call it that, to be perfectly honest. It's getting harder and harder not to. And I'm disappointed in um, the Democratic Party and uh, the liberal, more liberal forces in Europe as well for not, for not trying to pressure the um, Likud uh, coalition-controlled government of Israel to fucking chill out. And fucking chill out is a weird way to talk about it, but I'm not good at talking about this stuff. So uh, just a minute ago, we were hearing about anti-Semitism, right? We're hearing about anti-Semitism and uh, support of Israel. Well, don't worry. There's a guy named Jeff Van Drew. He's going to show you exactly how it is that you can be uh, in support of Israel and still be a fucking anti-Semite. You ready? Here we go. So I'm pro-Israel, and you can check me out. You can see anything I've ever written. Anything I've ever said I believed in, everything I've ever voted for, every speech I've ever given, I am pro-Israel. Yet I still believe that we shouldn't use these, these words to try to say, well, if you believe that George Soros is involved in our local elections, because he is, if you believe that he is funding prosecutors and local officials that have a different vision for America than most Americans do, he is, that doesn't make me racist. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It means it's my opinion. It's what I believe. But what we do now is we use these catchwords, globalism. I'm going to tell you what globalism is. You know, maybe- Dude, you, you, you. I'm I, like I said, there is no um, better way to <clears throat> illustrate the point that I've been uh, making about this, that uh, you can be uh, very strongly pro-Israel and just be a fucking anti-Semite. People who are bad. These are not they're not linked. They're not even I don't even think, you know, I was going to say they're not inextricably linked. I don't even think they're fucking linked. I think a lot of fucking ethno-nationalists kind of love what's going on over there, even though they don't like the people doing it. They're like, you know, who's got the right idea? 
I was at, a, at an event recently and I spoke, and this has happened to me numerous times, I talked about Americanism, American exceptionalism, and how we are the shining city on the hill. Damn it, I believe that. And I know the three of you do too. We are a special place. Without us, the world will go into chaos. Are we perfect? No. Globalism says, and this is a theory that's put forth by a lot. When I was at the event, some people came to me because I spoke about all those things. At John Birch Society meetings. And they said, you're wrong. America's like any other place in the world. They said, we don't believe in Americanism. We don't believe in American exceptionalism. I disagree with them. That doesn't make me racist. It means that I can use the word globalism. I can't help if there's a bad person that uses that word. No, but you can try to find other ways to talk about it. We've talked about, like, there's a big difference between, like, internationalism and cosmopolitanism, which I think are good things, right? Versus, like, the the globalization of the financial markets, which have fucked over a lot of people, which is a bad thing. But when you just say globalism, that's everything in one fucking thing. And it's fucking a little, little dog whistly. Not a little dog whistly anymore, actually. A lot dog whistly. Maybe not even dog whistly. Maybe just whistly. Maybe, maybe whistling an old fucking, maybe whistling an old Nazi fighting song. Who knows? I still think it's a real issue and a real challenge. So... Dr. Nadell, I'm going to ask you one thing, and I would just like a yes or no answer, and I'm sorry to do that to you, but we're so time-constricted. Do you believe in American exceptionalism? I believe that there is an idea of American exceptionalism that has been upheld by scholars. I just, ma'am, I appreciate you. I cannot, you. I can't answer them. You can't them. answer that you believe I, in American exceptionalism. Okay, that's good. Just say no then, Dr. Nadell. You know what, just say no. After what that guy said, just say no. Ms. Burdett, do you believe in American exceptionalism? Please, yes or no? Um, I don't find the question relevant to this hearing. It is very relevant. It's relevant to what's happening on college campuses, but I thank you. Mr. Gosh, I have a tough time with you. Oh, Griziak, do you believe in American exceptionalism? Yes or no? Unequivocally, yes, I do. Ms. Jordan, do you believe in American? Undoubtedly, yes, I do. Thank you. Ms. Silverstein, do you believe in American exceptionalism? I do. These are great young people. You have the courage to tell the truth and give an answer. So I want to thank you. The answer should have been no. Why wasn't the answer no? Also, again, like I just said, you are, <clears throat> that guy <clears throat> just illustrated one of the things I've been saying, and I'm not the only one saying it. You can totally be like rah rah Israel and vote to give them fucking money and weapons and shit, and you can still be a fucking giant piece of shit anti Semite who <clears throat> is willing to traffic in, well, anti Semitic tropes. Whether you claim ignorance or not, I don't give a shit. Your job is to fucking talk. Get out of here. You're a fucking representative. Fuck you. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on from that uh, dark subject. I hope I have done an okay job talking about it because again, I'm not an expert on any of that stuff and it's really hard to figure out what's going on. Um, we got Hakeem Jeffries, a national treasurer on the house floor talking about access to abortion. If this website cooperates, but everyday Americans house Democrats are all about putting people over politics, fighting for things like lower costs, growing the middle class, safer communities. 
things that will make a difference, solve problems in the lives of everyday Americans. And part of the challenge that we faced is that the extreme MAGA Republican agenda continues to be focused on the wrong things. Extreme MAGA Republican agenda focused on defaulting on America's debt, shutting down the government, crashing the economy, criminalizing reproductive freedom, cutting Social Security and Medicare, impeaching President Biden, and doing nothing to deal with affordability issues or improving the quality of life of everyday Americans. That's a shame. And so, yes, we're going to continue to oppose Republican efforts to criminalize abortion care. Now, tomorrow, next month, next year, and forever. Until this effort to take away reproductive freedom is buried in the ground, never to rise again. I yield back. Yep, he's uh, one, of the, one of the better people in the government. You know, people like they like to say, oh, there's no difference between the two parties. Yeah, there is. Uh, I don't like everything the Democrats do. I'm uh, politically to their left, and I've been very disappointed in uh, some of their foreign policy stuff, like I was going to say lately, but just mostly forever, actually, because they're oftentimes not too terribly different from the Republicans uh, when it comes to foreign policy stuff, especially when it comes to their unwavering support for the na uh, nation state of Israel, which is crazy. But on these other issues, they're better than the Republicans. We only got two choices right now, unfortunately. Could be better, but we only got two choices. Now we are uh, moving to uh, the former president had a rally. And, uh, well, don't you know it? Fucking Roseanne uh, spoke there. Here's, here's a clip of her speech. We're clearly not going to play all of it. Aren't we all fed up with the deep state bullshit? Somebody come get your grandma. <laughs> and the bullshit. They <laughs> had to cut away to a gold ad. This is one of those things where you send them money and they don't send you any gold. We want Trump, the Magador, to kill that goddamn bull. What the fuck? And the bullshit. Kill that goddamn bull! What the fuck? That would be terrifying if it made any sense, I suppose. Um, I don't know if a Democrat said something like that, though. They'd be losing their fucking minds, right? Losing their goddamn minds. Be like, oh, they said kill. They said kill. I mean, I know what she was metaphorically saying to, like, kill the idea of the deep state or whatever. I don't think she was uh, directly calling for violence, but, like, that's because I'm like a little more thoughtful and a little less likely to like fucking freak out about that stuff. But it's still terrifying because of who she's talking to and what they've been, um, what kind of shit they've been primed with over the last fucking six or seven years, longer than that, but primarily over the last six or seven years. And, uh, what, what kind of, what kind of, um, measures, uh, some people in that audience have, uh, been willing to take or, uh, state that they're willing to take when they've been interviewed outside of these events. So, uh, here, this is from actually New Hampshire, uh, not uh, Florida, and um, 
he's going to announce that he's uh, been indicted again, apparently. He says, how can it happen? They got me in New York where my company turned out to be a great company instead of a bad company. They indicted me because they said I inflated numbers and my numbers, it turned out, were extremely conservative. Just the opposite of what. But in court, you said that you're fucking that you didn't do anything with the numbers for your company and that it was all your accountants. And now they don't know what to do. And the judge is being made to look. Look, he's a radical left person. And he. Oh, yes. Yes. His judges oftentimes are a radical leftist, get elected to the bench or get appointed to the bench. Accused me of something before he ever before the trial started and now it's sort of coming home to play we'll see what happens but it's a it's a disgrace so when so in this case again there was a summary judgment against him like you have to work pretty fucking hard at being either incompetent or um deceptive to get a summary judgment uh, against you especially if you're like a like a rich guy in a fraud case I fucking, I gotta, I, that's one thing I don't know is how that came to be. I should look into that. should have that information. Up next, uh, it's at the same event, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's uh, just not even sure who the president currently is. You know, one story, a quick story. You don't mind if I go off teleprompter like a lot, do you? So much more exciting. So much more. But the head of Hungary, a uh, very tough, strong guy, Viktor Orban. Did anybody ever hear of him? Probably, you know, considered very powerful, very uh, powerful within his country and outside of his country. Uh, not exactly loved by some of the... European not exactly considered very powerful outside of his country, actually. ...being nations because he does his thing. He didn't allow millions of people to invade his country. He allowed nobody to invade. The zero, zero. He had nobody... So he doesn't have crime and he doesn't have the problems that they're having. Yeah, no crime in Hungary. Countries where millions of people are allowed to go in. But they uh, were interviewing him two weeks ago and they said, uh, what would you advise President Obama? The whole world seems to be exploding and imploding. And he said, it's very simple. He should immediately resign and they should replace him with President Trump, who kept the world safe. And I'm not just talking <laughs> the United States. Uh is not the president anymore. <laughs> Dumb fuck. But it's really interesting. There's a couple things going on. One, I mean, <laughs> he must misspoke, but also I think the dude's like obsessed with Barack Obama. I really do. I think he like fucking is like just mad jealous of Barack Obama in like a lot of ways, just in a lot of uh, different ways. And I think that's why he misspoke in that way, or at least one of the reasons that he misspoke in that way. I don't think he's like, I don't think it's because people are like, oh, he's senile. No, I think he's fucking obsessed with Barack Obama. Barack Obama is everything Donald Trump could never be. I'm not saying that Barack Obama is perfect or that I'd be loving Barack Obama. Barack Obama is everything Trump never, ever could be. Anyway, here we got a Jim Cramer. Usually we cover that anti-vax Jim Cramer guy, Steve Kirsch, but this is the OG, the original right here. And uh, he may think he's doing one thing, but he's doing another thing. Here's, uh, here's uh, Joe Biden's next ad. Uh, I do think that the chilling effect is just astounding. You, the fact that you have to go to court to do a deal uh, has made it so it's just for most. I, I deal with a lot of m and lawyers, and they say the same thing, which is, sorry. 
Unlike the bankers, we don't get paid on the deal. And there's, she'll go for you, Nina Khan. And she, look, the president is not a pro-business president. Wait, is he doing? Is he doing this like at Wall Street with like a live Wall Street studio audience? The president and M and A is bad for workers and good for capital. Anytime you see something bad for workers, good for capital, the president will be against. Oh, no, they're not clapping for him. They're just showing the opening bell while he's talking. This is weird. This is really weird. I've, I've never, I haven't watched financial news, but there, this is, this is getting a little weird here. <laughs> I thought they were clapping for him because the, like he was doing his show from wall street, but he was just happened to be doing his show while they did the, the starting bell for the day. Financial news coverage is real weird. I think they really, really, really want it to be the WWE or something. But anyway, that could be a uh, Joe Biden ad, actually. Here we go. Here's I just have one clip, actually, from the GOP debate. Um, because we're not, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Donald Trump is not there to dunk on these people, and I'm not interested. Um, here's just one clip, uh, Nikki Haley and, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy not getting along so well. How do you get TikTok banned if you use it? Well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. Your adult daughter. The next generation of Americans are using... Yeah, that's a dick move, dude. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer is actually... You just called him scum. We got to go further. Uh, he is scum. I don't like no Nikki Haley, but she's right. She's like, keep my daughter's name out your mouth. Yeah. Um, she uses TikTok. She's probably, was she a teenager? I don't know any, I don't know. You know, it's not, I've, if you could imagine, I've not looked into Nikki Haley's family. Um, um, yeah, I haven't looked into Nikki Haley's family. Um, I have no interest. I'm sure her daughter's a lovely person. Maybe doesn't even like her mom's politics. Vivek Ramaswamy is an asshole. That's all he, that's the only thing he really has that is going to attract uh, some Republicans and like, uh, I guess like enlightened centrists or whatever towards him is that he's an asshole and not like the kind of asshole I am. He's like a real bona fide fucking, oh, are you triggered? That kind of asshole. Yeah, Nikki Haley's like my age, I think, right? She might be a little older than I am. Uh, if she has a daughter, her daughter's probably, I don't know, um, anywhere from uh, pre, like a young teenager to like the mid-20s. Yeah, she's on TikTok. So what? Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, campaign is on TikTok. So saying something about someone's campaign being on TikTok while they fucking talk shit on China, that's actually kind of valid, right? Saying, well, what about your daughter is on TikTok? No, that's weird and creepy, and you can go fuck yourself, actually. Like I said... I don't like Nikki Haley, but I have no qualm with her daughter. I don't know anything about Nikki Haley's daughter. And oh, yeah, now I know that her daughter's 25 because of chat. But I have no qualm with her daughter at all. Neither should you. Up next, we are going to go over some of the media reaction to uh, Tuesday's uh, sort of small election day. Here's the Fox's The Five's reaction to Tuesday's rather small, but, um, you know, from our from our uh, point of view, uh, generally good election day. Oh, this is great. I think uh, is, that, is that Kennedy? 
They got one. They got one of the people on there that fucking. They got one of the people on there that'll fucking talk shit to them. Anyway, here we go. Hot and pot. Yeah. Abortion, <laughs> don't, cash. Don't and forget pot. about our marijuana. Um, no, that's not the, the only story. The main headline is Democrats continue to overperform in the Biden era. It's just you can't dispute it. It is blowing the polling out of the water. Um, Republicans haven't really had a good showing since Trump won in 2016. And they really, and I know that there are a lot of them, you know, deeply conservative people that are coming around to the idea that Donald Trump loses himself elections and he loses the people that he endorses. Well, elections. they took the House in 2000, right? 2020. 20, yeah. Two, yeah, yeah by, by three seats. So remember your, no, it was 2022. That was, that was your red wave. Remember when you said, I'm getting a 40 seat wave, and then you got three seats and a George Santos? Oh, don't remind me. Okay. <laughs> you got three seats and George um, Santos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's right. She's right. Uh, I don't know if it's just a fluke. I don't know if it's, you know, has anything to do with Biden. It probably has more to do with Trump being unlikable and not being able to deliver on the things that he said he's going to deliver on. And he may be toxic when he endorses people because that may, it, it, it may not drive enough of the, he may, it may be that like Trump has driven out all of the vote he's ever going to drive out. And that now um, him endorsing someone actually drives out their opponent. It's, it's complicated because we're talking about large groups of people, right? And so we don't, we don't, we don't know for sure what's going on, but she's right. Uh, the polling is, has been, um, one thing. And then the Democrats just have been overperforming in the last couple of years. I think it's just the polling is bad because it's kind of hard to poll people. Now polling is probably limited to who answers their phone. <laughs> Do you answer your phone? I don't answer my phone. I mean, if it's my mom, sure. My phone will ring right the fuck through right now. If my mom calls, because <laughs> she don't call either. She texts me like a normal person. If she calls, there's an emergency, but yeah, I don't pick up my phone. I have no idea if anybody's calling me right now. The, f the screen doesn't even light up. I don't want to know if anybody's calling me. And I'm 46 years old. I think a 25-year-old wants to know if anybody's calling them. Hell no. And so polling is just going to be really hard. And it's not probably not going to be accurate until somebody figures out a new way to do it. And it's always going to skew towards like sort of older people who are going to tend to be more conservative. And so, yeah, the polling's going to be off. Whoopsie. Here's we're back to Vivek. He's going to talk about the. Uh, oh, he's going to talk about the abortion issue, the abortion uh, vote that uh, happened in Ohio. Uh, big shout out to Ohio abortion and weed. Fuck yeah. Now, if you do something about your fucking state house, my God. Walking the walk when it comes to being pro-life on access to contraception, to adoption, to even childcare, and as, as I said, a missing lever that we really ought to embrace on the right is greater sexual responsibility for men codified in the law in an era of genetic paternity tests, put more of a burden financially and otherwise on the father when it's a confirmed paternity test. I think those are winning paths forward for us. So that's weird. Forced paternity tests uh, seems like a really a small government Republican idea. Um, he's like, put more onus on the father. The men's rights activists and the IDW people that real, that like this guy aren't going to like that one bit, are they? This guy's got a lot of fucking like Gamergate rejects and shit who really like him. Better not. They better not hear him say that because they're not going to like him no more. Up next, we got uh, Rick Santorum.
Rick Santorum, obviously uh, going to be super happy about the the cannabis legalization vote in Ohio, right? Because if I know one thing about Rick Santorum, it's that he uh, smokes weed every day. And you put very sexy things like abortion and marijuana on the ballot, and a lot of young people come out and vote. It, 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 I'm calling abortion sexy a little little weird, friendo, a little weird. It, it was a it was a secret sauce for disaster in Ohio. I don't know what they were thinking, yeah. but um, that's why I'm, I, I thank goodness that most of the states in this country don't allow you to put everything on the ballot because right. pure democracies are not the way to run a country. <laughs> so, so then, to your but it's not a pure democracy that <clears throat> that's part that's part of our our republic, as they call it. There are <clears throat> things where you can do things by referendum, and then uh, if those things are unconstitutional, you have a court system. Does this guy? Does this guy even seem like Schoolhouse Rock? Does this guy have like a, this guy needs to go seventh grade civics class, friends, seventh grade. <laughs> Up next, we got uh, Newsmax talking about the results over there in Virginia, where uh, now the Democrats control uh, both state houses. Uh, I, th I believe one by a very slim majority. And uh, <clears throat> Mr. Youngkin might be on his way out there because uh, Virginia is a blue state. Is no longer a purple state. Uh, Youngkin winning and them having, being able to gerrymander themselves into the um, state houses being the way they were, I think was a fluke. And I think it's going to go back because it's right there. It's right there in the D.C. Like uh, so many people f in the D.C. metro area are in Virginia. That's just eventually there's just going to be enough of those people <clears throat> that they're going to take over the state's politics. I think it's already happened. And I think, like I said, this this last time around was just a fluke. But here's what a Newsmax has to say about uh, what happened in Virginia. And you put very sexy things like abortion and marijuana on the ballot. Oh, wait, we already watched and this. A lot of young people come out and vote. It, 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 was, a, it was a secret sauce and, for disaster well, in Ohio. In case people on, listening on the podcast thinking. weren't aware, this show is live, everybody. <laughs> Let's try this again here. Here's a Newsmax talking about the, uh, the results in uh, Virginia. I'm sure they're real happy about it. They're like, oh, you know, it seems like uh, things are swung the other way and, you know, we'll have to just try harder next time, I'm sure. As far as, you know, it, it does seem like the, the Republican Party generally has a real problem with uh, w with winning. Get him, Newsmax. In the midterms here and now in this one as well. Um, and and I, you wonder, do we have the right people in place to be putting the messaging together to the, the people that are supposed to be there to get the early vote out to, to, to do these jobs you wonder about the rnc do we have the right people running the show because we we, we we we're not doing something right i think that's very obvious yeah i think rob i think you're right in a lot of places um i would say these state level races rnc doesn't really play a role in voter turnout that's run uh by the oh that's team. a name i haven't heard in a while ken cuccinelli on the ground and that in Virginia is led by Glenn Youngkin and he made an admirable effort to push more Republicans to get out earlier and vote to with the ultimate goal of having more people voting for Republican candidates but that is it's not been enough well it turns out friendo that when you uh, do anything to <laughs> increase voter turnout you, you turn out more Democrats <laughs> oh this is that's this is fantastic watch it watch it watch it this is fantastic because i they thought they were going to win they thought they were they thought they were going to win and they lost i always think that i'm like oh fuck the democrats are going to lose aren't they they're going to fuck this up somehow and this time they didn't 
fantastic. A former sheriff and a candidate for some office uh, from Virginia, a Republican. His name is uh, Danny Diggs, and uh, he seems nice. He seems great. Definitely invited to the barbecue. Nice to see our, both of our names on the ballot in November. Uh, right. I'll be at the top of the ticket, and you'll be around, somewhere in the middle there, I suppose. But uh, You always wanted me to talk. <laughs> uh, so just let me say, I, I just can't say enough how I appreciate it. And it, it really has been uh, a great ride. It's, 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 I don't know if my wife and family feel a, a, that it's been as much fun as it has been for me, but it's been fun. It's been rewarding. You know what? I was 19 year old when I started and I didn't start it with this altruistic attitude of I want to go here and help the community and help people. Boy, I got out here because it was fun. We got to ride up and down the road fast in cars with, uh, at that time, red lights and siren. We got to put handcuffs on people and go to take people to jail. Uh, That's fun. And we did a lot of other things that... Uh, it's not fun. Because <laughs> we had a lot more time on our hands. Uh, so, uh, I can tell you, there was one time where the sheriff had a conversation with another young deputy around 3 o'clock in the morning, and they made the statement, we're more important than our dad. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it was a great time. And uh, thank all of y'all for coming. And I got to drive unsafely, run red lights and put handcuffs on people. What a time to be alive. These just keep coming up. Um, I usually don't run them because uh, we do like, a, you know, it's a, this week's news show. But I wanted to um, <laughs> I wanted to run this. Uh, because we this is a pretty sex positive environment and a pretty porn positive environment, we uh, tried to stream actually to the Chatterbait website on uh, Thursday on our Cults and Sat Satanic Panic show. That's how uh, sex and porn positive we are. Uh, we got banned, but that's that's neither here nor there. You know who uh, is banned from uh, Chatterbait probably for a completely different reason than us is uh, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. I think this video here might be uh, why they banned him because you're on there. You're only supposed to be the you're supposed to be the only one using your account with covenant eyes within your home. And so uh, why is that such an effective tool? Why do parents need to put this into their home? Yeah, that's a great, great uh, question. We, we probably could have called this more appropriately a war on the darkness of technology because there are some good things with technology, of course. I mean, you know, the Bible apps we all love, we, we broadcast our services, you know, on our social media, and, and there's some very positive things, but there's also, as Clint's pointed out aptly, some really dark things. So Covenant Eyes is the software that I, I, we've been using a long time in our household. Uh, I, was, I first learned about it at, I think, a Promise Keepers event in the early 2000s. I think it was developed in about the year 2000. Uh, but it's the largest um, accountability software that there is, and, and there's some paperwork on the table that I think everybody may have picked up on the way in. If not, go get it. I, it's a subscription-based. I mean, we don't make any money on this. I'm telling you, I, we use it. Okay, I, they're not. I'm, not in, I'm endorsing it because I'm a user. Uh, it's about $15 a month, $16 a month, something like that. For them to spy to on you? Devices. And what it is, it's accountability software. So uh, men in a church, you know, men's Bible study groups will do it. That's how it's presented at Promise Keepers. But they also mention, hey, when your kids become teenagers, especially if you have boys, dads, they're talking to the guys at this event, you might want to think about doing this with your sons. And so we've been doing that. And so what it does real, real simply is it has an algorithm and software. I'm, it's way above my head how it works. But um, it, it scans. You, you obviously opt into it. But it scans every all the activity on your phone or your devices, your laptop, tablet, what have you, 
we do all of it. And then it sends a report to your accountability partner. So my accountability partner right now is Jack, my son, right? And so, so that's send- not weird at all that you and your son are like, uh, I need this app to actually let me know what kind of porn you're looking at. Listen, I have a pretty good relationship with my dad, but I, you know, come on. 17. So he and I get a report of all the, the things that are on our phones or all of our devices once a week. If anything objectionable comes up, your accountability partner gets an immediate notice. I'm proud to tell you my son has he's got a clean slate, all right? Yeah. But but we get we get a report and it says, "Hey, no no uh, activity of concern." Note that your son knows how to get around this. It's really really sensitive. It'll pick up almost anything. It looks for keywords, search terms, and also images, and it will send your accountability partner a blurred a picture of the image. And so on occasion I get one. I was just looking at the one from this week. I got on on Jack and it said this, this is the only one that may be questionable, and it's this blurred Im- image of two, two women talking in a live screen thing, and I zoom in, and I have to unblur it, and it's, and it's two middle-aged teachers. Oh, you don't want them watching middle-aged teachers. Dude, your, your kid knows how to get around this. We could figure out how to get around this together as a community in like 10 minutes. You wouldn't even need a burner device like somebody in the chat was saying. Yeah, you just turn it off. You just stop the service. Like, if you have, like, control of your phone, you can just turn this fucking thing off. It's not that hard. There are probably apps you could fucking install. I bet there are apps you could install that f- that sends this thing a bunch of fake data while you're off looking at your porn. <laughs> I bet that exists. And if it doesn't exist, we should do that. Make that shit. Make it free, actually. Just ton of ads. It's a little late in the game for a palate cleanser, uh, but we do need a palate cleanser. Uh, for the people listening on the podcast, the audio-only podcast, you can uh, watch this video on uh, YouTube or other websites. Or you can just check out our <clears throat> docket, and this video will be in the show notes. This is actually fucking adorable. Thank you to Ali Drew for sending us this. We need it. no such thing as one cookie (laughs) I know they're in your pocket motherfucker oh friendos I need friends That that was that's that's good. You got to make friends out in the out in the wild like that. And actually, not a great idea to touch any wild animal ever. But it seemed okay. It seemed okay. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, right after the palate cleanser comes the fucking religious bat shittery part of the show, of course. Um, same as it ever was, and uh, well. Apparently, this uh, self-described prophet, Mary uh, Crowley, uh, says that God loves to rap and um, is a fan of Aerosmith, but she's not going to sing Walk This Way. She's just going to rap. 
oftentimes, this is so funny, God loves to rhyme. Um, I've been prophesying for a long time, but he started rapping or rhyming. Like, so I feel like he's given me a rhyme. So, um, so I, can I share the rhyme? The oh, perfect please, rhyme? I was going to say, please, please do not do that. Very, yes. I love okay. it. Okay. So the Lord is saying, um, the Lord said, I like to rhyme because it's a sign and it is divine. And it's a new season that I'm opening up the new wine. And those who are blind will now see, for this is the hour that I will give them a key. And this is the key to liberty. The Lord said, it's liberty and justice for all, because the devil's kingdom is about to fall. And I'm going to bring my people into a ball, no longer to stall, but to bring them into a movement of light where my people will unite and will come into a season called delight. What did I say in my word, though it might look or seem absurd? The Lord said, this is the greatest move the world has ever seen. Awaken, my people. It's time. Let's dream. So then I heard him sing. See, God loves like music and like even like secular music. I'm telling you guys, God is not religious. And I heard him sing this song like, dream on, dream on, dream until your dreams come true. And so God is going to all of a sudden show up, blow up. The church is going to grow up and people are going to go like, wow. (laughs) I thought she was going to say, and people are going to throw up. (laughs) Man, it's a shame fire by night isn't around anymore because if there was a a redo of fire by night, I feel like we could uh, definitely pitch her to uh, Blaine to have her as the musical guest on there. Cause uh, you know, we've seen some shit on the fire by night show. Anyway, I swear this is the same lady that was uh, on the plane who was like, that that person's not real. That person's not real. I think this is the same person and she's at a, at a, at a gym. While there's no music, some of you look really good at the gym working out those muscles. But how many of you work out your spiritual muscle? How many of you know that if you were to die tonight, you're going to heaven. Raise your hand. Who knows they're going to heaven? So Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're turning from sin every day. That means we're not having sex before marriage. We're not smoking that weed. We're not Ooh. drunk, right? Because about Ohio rejects you. We must turn from our sins and follow Jesus. Jesus is the way. Amen. Amen. So God bless you guys. Follow Jesus. Repent of your sins. Turn from them. Follow Jesus. He loves you. God bless you guys. God bless you. I'm like 90% sure that's the same lady that was in the um, the video on the plane where she thought the guy wasn't real or the person in the back wasn't real. I could be, uh, like I said, 90%. 90%. So up next, we got, uh, this is uh, right-wing pastor uh, Hank Cunneman. Uh, he's been on the show a little bit more lately. He uh, is going to talk about uh, Pfizer. Uh, Taylor Swift and uh, witchcraft. Have you ever noticed how everything on TV is supported by Pfizer? Okay, that's a contrary wind. That's a fucking. That's a. It's a, a result of the demographic that still has cable. What's up with that? What 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 what's up with this whole thing now at the Kansas City Chiefs that everybody's celebrating some lady, some girl? That's a woman. Taylor Swift is a woman, and she is so fucking popular. 
And if you look at her concerts, man, it's she she does satanic rituals. And Hell yeah. Why would you want to put that stuff in your home? You talk about blinding yourself again. And then he just and they she just happens to be dating Mr. Pfizer. Who? The football player. I mean, you don't think that the Mr. Pfizer, the football player. Wait, what? I was shot at a right wing watch, but who's Mr. Pfizer, the football player? I'm going to get Lenka on this. She's like, where is Mr. Company of Pfizer? You're never going to believe who's back. It's Coach Dave. Do y'all remember Dave Dobbenmeyer? The guy that, like, he was a... He's not really a coach. He just calls himself Coach Dave. And uh, he actually got a cease and desist from, I think it was LSU. uh, Some major, major university. uh, Because he was using their football field as his backdrop. And so he had to change the backdrop to like a, I don't know, a more generic uh, football field. Well, we haven't heard from him in a long time, and I had assumed he went away. Uh, but he did not go away, and he's going to talk about election cheating, because of course he is. Vote yes did not win in Ohio last night. Yes, it, it did. Was cheated, friends. It was didn't it win like three to one? 30 days of cheating, okay? I don't know how I can help you understand that. There's the map. There's the map last night of Ohio. All right. Oh, Perfect. did you, if, if you notice, see like these places, you see Toledo, Cleveland, Akron, Canton, Youngstown, uh, Athens, Columbus, Dayton, and Cincinnati. Those are the places you've heard of. And that's because people live there. Purple is the cities. Those are the people who voted. Now, most people live in Columbus, see Columbus, Dayton, Akron, Youngstown, all the all the major cities. Oh, you actually all, understand? Yes, that's where the people live. All the major cities. Why? Because they can cheat. What? What? <laughs> they can cheat. Is that why people move to cities? They're like, you know what I really like about American cities is that you can cheat in elections there. Actually, <laughs> that's why. They, that's why I live in the Bay Area. I heard you can cheat in elections here. Anybody else live in a city or like a like a metro area? Why not? I mean, that, that's why you're there, right? It's because you can cheat in elections. The only reason you went there. Why else would you be in a city? So, up next. And uh, this is my... This, who knows what's going to happen here? We never play clips from Instagram, but I couldn't find this anywhere. Apparently, uh, Pastor Greg Locke uh, lost friends because he does not believe the earth is flat. Which I'm actually surprised that he doesn't believe the earth is flat. I opened a big barrel on Sunday. I've been called everything but a pastor this week. Holy macatoli. Okay, so listen, I'm going to be fair in the argument, okay? I had no idea that I would, like, lose friends over thinking that the flat earth thing was nonsense. I had no idea, right? Okay, now, and listen, don't, don't amen one way or the other. I don't really care what you believe. Okay, we're going to fix that here in a minute and tell you why. I had no idea. I mean, like, like good friends. I mean, like, ticked. I, I was told I might as well preach evolution. I'm a Bible denier. Uh, just several things. I'm a heretic. I, I don't understand the context of Scripture. I have disrespected God's creation. All these things. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Let's fix this right now. Because I really am a Bible preacher. Okay, I really do like to preach the Bible. So I'm going to give everybody a fair shake. So I'm going to announce this right now. The only person that knows this is the Holy Ghost and my Holy Wife. Okay, so listen. 
I'm, I, I don't know exactly what date it is. I'm going to let them choose that, and they'll be watching. And so the, the biggest people that are upset at me, and, and they're my friends, right? One of them is, is Pastor Dean Odell, right? He's a good man. And I, I've preached for him at a Skyfall conference, and I, I would again if he ever had me, okay? So I love him. He's a good man. And uh, he's, a, he's a big proponent of the, of the Flat Earth Theory. And uh, he's written a whole book on it, uh, Clay Under the Seal, I believe it's called, and all that. So listen, so I want somebody to get this message to him, because this is important. Because I want to give the other side an opportunity. Is he, is he saying debate me, bro? We're going to go... I mean, right out of the Word of God. See, I don't care what NASA says. I care what Jesus says. I would like for it to be the Friday night after Thanksgiving, but that may be pushing it for folks. But we're going to fill this tent up. I'm going to give them our live stream and my platform of 3 million followers on Facebook. We're going to schedule out several hours, and I'm going to prove to you from the Bible that Flat Earth is nonsense from the Bible but to be fair I'm gonna in an uninterrupted fashion I'm gonna let them say anything they want to say and I'm gonna let the crowd decide that's how we decide what shape the earth is actually I didn't think it was worth putting a worm on the hook but so many big fish got mad when I said it I thought well we better backpedal this thing a little bit and give them an opportunity so I'm gonna be fair and I'm gonna give and, and listen, and, and whoever he wants to bring, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to figure out the time and all that. You can have four or five credible experts. Four or five credible flat earth experts. Bring them on. Them and try to convince us that the earth is flat. Now listen, I'm not going to come from a scientific approach, although I will scientifically approach it. I'm going to come from a biblical approach because from the Bible, it, it's indefensible. Okay, just absolutely indefensible. I, one verse fixes the whole thing, but every single one of the 54 or whatever verses it is that they use, I can show you right simplistically from the Bible in that verse, the verse before and the verse after. That It's a straw man. It's a total, absolute straw man. So I, I'm not trying to... With the earth. Flat Earth is a straw man? I'm going to let the Bible do that. Am I making sense? So I'm going to be not. I'm going to give them our platform. Okay? I don't know that there has ever been a bigger Christian flat round earth debate than what we're going to have. I don't know if there's ever been one. So I'm going to give them a whole platform. I'm going to let them have the whole thing. And, I, and I'm going to, I am so confident in the power of the Word of God. Now I'm going to let them show any slide, show any video, say any verse, give any testimony, and go. I, I, I might say, you know what? We're going to take six hours and just tackle this whole monster. And so somebody needs to understand, lots of people need to understand, that look, I'm one of these guys, you know me well enough, if the Bible proves me wrong, I'll repent and deal with it. So that's my promise to them. But listen to me. If the Bible proves you wrong, you better repent and deal with it also. What do you think we're doing the day after Thanksgiving, friends? Anybody who's listening on the podcast, make sure you're following twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Because <coughs> I don't care what time that shit is. We're watching it live. Uh, we'll bring on, we'll try to, we'll try to bring on, we'll get an all-star panel from the dystopia beat to watch that actually. I'll see if I can get some other friends of ours, maybe get poly people up in here, see if Marcus is available, uh, bring on some Plex regulars, maybe get the media wench, maybe get, uh, maybe get HK Perrin up in here, maybe bring historian Matt, uh, back onto stream, 
maybe Chip Deville up in here. Maybe get Juan Maserati on here to watch it. We get a, we could rotate some people in and out and just kind of have a party today after Thanksgiving. Got to eat leftovers and watch a flat Earth debate. Boy, oh boy, what fun! I got one more clip on the regular docket before we go into red light tonight, everybody. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me during the podcast portion of the show. I know it's not always the most fun for the live viewers. Um, here's Charlie Kirk. <clears throat> Big supporter of uh, Israel, again. Um, just goes to show you can support the shit out of the nation state of Israel and still be a giant anti-Jewish bigot. Here's what Democrats are going to, what Jewish Democrats or Jews in general are going to have to make. Oh, let's start this over. This is going to be, this is going to be something. Here's what Democrats are going to, what Jewish Democrats or Jews in general are going to have to make a decision. Until you crush the cultural Marxist lens of which they view the world. Yep. You will never actually be able to build support for Israel. Wait, what? You cannot subsidize support and play footsie with cultural Marxism and have a future for the state of Israel. So you have to choose. And Jews have been some of the largest funders of cultural Marxist ideas and supporters of those ideas over the last 30 or 40 years. Stop supporting causes that hate you. Now you might say, well, you know, how is one thing applied to the other? If you train not. a generation of you everything through an oppressor-oppressed lens, they will apply that lens to the Israel-Hamas conflict. The same but if you try to apply that lens to the conflict, the <clears throat> it things become very clear. Uh, yes. Apply it to the police issue, the gender issue, good guy, bad guy, somebody on top, somebody on bottom. Until you cleanse that ideology from the hierarchy and the academic elite of the West, there will not be a safe future. I'm not going to say Israel won't exist, but Israel will be in jeopardy as long as the Western children, children of the West, are being taught with primarily Jewish dollars subsidizing it to view everything through oppressor-oppressed dynamic. Whoa. Until you shed that ideology, you will not be able to build the case for Israel because they view Israel as an oppressor. Again. The support of the nation state of Israel is not a good indicator of whether or not um, somebody is biased against uh, biased or not against Jewish people. Turns out it's uh, perfectly possible and oftentimes um, necessary in some way for anti-Semites and uh, religious nationalists uh, in America that would be uh, mostly white Christian nationalists to be supportive of the nation state of Israel, not because of uh, the Jewish thing, but because of the Likud party and their, their uh, nationalist, uh, ethno-nationalist and uh, religious nationalist coalition seems to, seems to gel pretty well with their ideology. Delved a little more into that subject tonight than I generally like to. Like I said before, I'm not an expert on it, but I hope I, hope I appear to be thoughtful when I'm talking about it. Thanks everybody for hanging out for the podcast part of the show. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Live listeners and viewers, don't go anywhere. We're going to go into red light. I've only got a couple things for red light, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be here fucking late tonight. Um, but just uh, just so you know, we got uh, we got Mike Pillow. We're going to check in on some of those Aussie cookers. And uh, we got Kat Kerr uh, talking about gay people and our assignments. Don't worry. She's not giving anyone homework. Uh, you can support this project at patreon.com slash echoplex or at eplex.store. 
Uh, through tomorrow, the old Conspiracy Bingo uh, merch is uh, still in the store. We have brand new Conspiracy Bingo merch coming this week. Uh, the old Conspiracy Bingo merch in the shop right now is uh, available to you basically at cost. I think I make like 80 cents or something on the mug and a dollar on the shirt. So if you like that old Conspiracy Bingo stuff, uh, go ahead and pick it up and uh, keep your eye out for the new stuff. Uh, I don't know. Follow the podcast. Follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Media. I tell you to follow us on YouTube, but I fucking can't get anybody to do that. Uh, this is Boomers by Periscope. I'm going to change the color of the lights in this room and change the content of my beverage, and we'll be back for red light.